Hello and welcome to Spiritual Shit, your guide to the down and dirty of modern spirituality with your host, me, Aliyah Lovely. This podcast is a place for people wanting to discover more about spirituality, where we can get weird about ghosts, mediumship, psychics, aliens, religion, new age stuff, awakening, ascension, starseeds, channeling, philosophy, and even dating. Some of the shows will be just me rambling about my mystical experiences and new discoveries and other shows will have guests to open up new perspectives and views. I hope you'll join me on this journey as we discuss and open up about what spirituality in today's world really looks like. Has your newfound spirituality made you feel like an outsider? Do you have a lot of unanswered questions about your experiences or just feel lonely and need more community and a like-minded space? Join my conscious community. I have opened a platform for spiritual seekers who have felt alone and have a one-stop shop kind of place for resources, support, and connection with navigating our soul's purpose while in the earth realm. While social media platforms may not have your wellness in mind, I do. It's a spiritual social media platform where you can connect with others on their spiritual journey, and it's completely free to join, to find other members to chat with, ask questions, and even trade fun spiritual services. Once a month, we have live hangouts with me, and you have the ability to attend free workshops, classes, or community gatherings hosted by our own community. Events set by other practitioners, tests for your intuition, book clubs, dream work, astrology, practice readings, and more. And on Mondays, we have Money Monday, which you can promote your business to our conscious network. You have solid support and open-mindedness to whatever questions you have and you can post to the group. Access to past workshops and classes, subjects and topics that cover a wide variety of things in the spiritual world. Not to mention the lifelong connections and friendships with conscious people from all over the world. Some of my best friends I made from this group. And that's all completely free. But if you're looking to get even more out of conscious community, you can join our $5 tier and get my monthly Oracle readings and give you a reflection for the energies of the upcoming month, a live group meditation where we can tap into the collective consciousness. And for those of you who couldn't get enough of the podcast, some weekly wisdom and the voice you have all come to know and love. We have limited spots available, so make sure to grab your spot if this sounds like a vibe you'd like to kick it with and go to lovethisconsciouscommunity.com to gain your spot in our loving community. So here we are. We started a podcast. Um, I just want to give you a little bit of an introduction of who I am. My name is Aliyah Lovely, and I am a spiritual and energy coach. I'm also an empath medium. So I'm able to pick up on your energy and energies of people from beyond. And um, that's a very mystical and weird kind of thing to have as a as a job, I think. <laughs> um, but Growing up, I was able to I was able to see spirits and um, encounter with them. But my religious upbringing said that that wasn't okay, or it was something scary, and so it was something that I I turned off and I didn't want to explore deeper until I had what I would call my awakening um, in my early thirties, and was able to kind of re connect with that part of myself, that very intuitive part of myself and learning about what empathicness meant. For a while, I had severe anxiety and depression undiagnosed because for myself, it was just very important to always carry a smiley face, happy face, to be the people pleaser and to to make sure that everybody thought everything was okay and not being able to really express how deep down, um, I was feeling most of the time I was kind of taught, I guess, in a society sense that big emotions weren't okay. And I'm sure a lot of you guys can relate to that. But um, because of that, there was a part of myself that I really suppressed that 
I just didn't want a lot of people to know that I was I was feeling a lot and not just feeling my own emotions, but others. So it was to the point where I would skip funerals of loved ones. And uh, it's super difficult for me to go to Costco on a Sunday, anything like Black Friday or where there was a lot of people around concerts, whatnot. I just felt significantly overwhelmed. And so I thought that for sure I had um, an anxiety issue that I was going to need to be um, diagnosed and, and put on medication because it was just so overwhelming. It wasn't until I moved to New York City, probably the worst place for an empath um, energetically if you're not if you're not managing that um, and learned came across an article actually perfect timing um, that showed me asked to say oh um, you might be an empath if kind of thing and I was like what the heck is an empath but I knew it was kind of divine synchronicity for me to run across this because discovering what empathicness was was the beginning of me opening up this whole other side of myself that was it was okay to have these big emotions it was okay to start to understand whose emotions weren't mine and thus then really decreasing the amount of anxiety and depression that I had because I was recognizing that the feelings that I was feeling weren't my own and so for some of you guys you'll completely understand that for some of you guys you might be like I don't even get it what what she mean but um I'll give you a couple of scenarios um for myself it was really difficult for me to um, be around people who were heavy, if you will, um, when I would call energy vampires. I would often attract people who wanted to dump and vent and, um, oh my God, Aliyah, this is what's going on in my life. Oh my God. you know. And it was I was the resource for them to be able to essentially feel better. But as they would unload on me, as I welcomed it, I was such a people pleaser. I'm just like, oh, give me all your pain. Um, which a lot of empaths do actually, we always, um, not always, but we tend to, uh, end up in codependent type relationships when we haven't, when we're not a developed empath and when we don't understand or recognize a lot of our own sensitivities. So anyway, um, I ended up in a lot of relationships like that, where I would take on the emotional baggage for the other person as a means to help them heal, maybe on a very subconscious level. So, um, I'd be walking home with all their emotional baggage on the top of my own without learning what does it mean to boundary myself or, or you know, whatever, whatever. So <laughs> um, when I moved to New York City, I started to recognize and notice that there was these, there was these moments where when I was surrounded by loads of people, I was feeling debilitating anxiety. It was to the point where I, you know, I was getting uh, panic attacks and things like that. I'd come home and I was just like, oh my God, just like, I need a bath. Like no one talked to me. No one texts me. Like I just need to submerse myself in water and, and just disappear from the world for, for a little while. Um, which we'll get into next time resources because empaths really like water. But, um, it was something that I found that was difficult to cope with because in a world that tells you to suppress your emotions and to not feel anything, especially if you're a woman and you're in a work type of setting, we're not, we're not allowed to, to behave in our feminine traits where we're able to express those parts of our emotions. So we end up animating a very masculine energy in order to feel equal. Um, and as much as that's really hard for women, I think men have it harder because in our societies, it's like, man up, don't cry, don't be a pussy, you know, whatever. And so they don't actually get a chance to express or lean into the gift that empathicness is and it becomes more of a curse that 
you know, everywhere you go, you're starting, you're feeling all these feelings, you're feeling what everybody else is feeling and you have no space to, to unload that or start to understand it because emotions are bad essentially. So, um, I started to recognize, I, w- I already knew I was an empath, but I didn't know that what the word for it was when I was really young. Um, being able, knowing that like, it was just a bizarre child. Adults would talk to me about their problems. Um, if I would go sit somewhere by myself, I would always someone come like a moth to a flame. Hey, Leah, <laughs> um, you know, like, and start to kind of unload. So it was a very peculiar thing. And knowing, knowing that now, I, I start to look at other people I can, I can recognize in children that are empaths. They tend to have a more hyperactive nature. Um, a lot of kids who are diagnosed with ADHD or ADD um, tend to be empath children or pe- children that um, they'll throw on the spectrum real fast, right? Because they're uh, highly sensitive, if you will. And people think, oh, well, there must be something wrong with my child. And it's not that there's anything wrong with your child. It's just that they're in, in our society, we say that children have to have to be a certain way. They kind of have to fit in a box. And if they are bored easily in a classroom setting that's not really built for, for children in the first place, and especially children with abilities, it is a it's non it's it's nonconformity, right? So they they can't fit in that spectrum and they say, Okay, something's wrong with you and they pathologize it. So I was of a very strong willed nature, hyperactive child, got bored easily. Um, and the boredom came from just because intuitively, I think I was able to figure things out faster. So the school setting of sitting for seven hours a day just didn't, didn't roll with me. And I was off daydreaming or, um, I guess sensing what was going on in the energy around me. And that was very distracting. So the kids who can't focus, you know, it makes sense because, when you're picking up on Sally Sue, who's sitting next to you, who might have had a really abusive um, household, and you can pick up on that energy, it's really hard to do your math test when you know something's going on with her. And like, and I know that I give that as an example, but that was kind of my life growing up. I really had a difficult time in school. I got I got decent grades, but when it came to like test taking or anything like that, it was like I felt like I could hear a radio station changing every five seconds. Like I could hear snippets and bits of uh, people's lives and and what they were going through. And it was like, how the fuck am I supposed to do the high? What is this equation or some type of algebra? Like, no, anyway. So with that, it was, it was such a long discovery process of understanding what it, what did that mean? Now, empathicness can be different for, for everyone. I think that there are lines on the spectrum for, for people and what, their abilities are and range in um there's no no particular i would say there's no particular way to be an empath but for myself it also included some i would consider psychic or mediumship like qualities so an empath to spirits (laughs) as well so i was having spirits very early coming to me um talking to me sometimes trying to scare me and i know some of you guys are spooky around that kind of stuff Um, but nothing's ever hurt me. I've never had any like of the crazy weird stuff that you'll see sometimes on like haunted TV, but being an empath means that you're more sensitive to energy around you anyway. So whether it's earth plane energy or interdimensional energy that, that I I don't think there's a, a distinguishing factor there. So, um, I was able to pick up on 
the, hey, your grandfather is sitting over here. And that would weird me the fuck out. I was so weirded out that, you know, I, could, I couldn't really speak on the things that I was seeing or hearing or feeling because it wasn't acceptable. And so it's really great that we're in an age now where we can start to talk about these things and they're not as taboo. Um, I would consider those of you who are, who are empathic or who have, um, some significant abilities, it's, it's, it's kind of like a coming out, if you will, um, to your friends, because if people don't understand it, it's, it's demonized or it's like, Oh, that's weird. That's a little on the fringe, you know? So it's, it's difficult to talk about those things without people giving you side eye. And it took me a long time to kind of come out of the proverbial closet, if you will, of telling people, yeah, like I can hear spirits or ETs or channeling higher selves or, or whatever. Like if you're not familiar with that language, we'll get into that in another episode. But it was, it was this, this, what felt like a jail of not really being able to express and release all of those, all of those things, all of those things about what my experience on earth looked like and how I remembered, you know, I had, I would have these dreams of these past lives or, or places that I've been before that I'd never been before, or this deja vu, or, um, you know, just that gut feeling of knowing something was going to happen before it happened. And that's a part of our intuition and intuition, unfortunately, is not something that's very highly valued in our society because we do live in a more patriarchal, um, masculine, energetic society. So feminism, even in its first wave was, not as much about women being equal um, with all the traits that they already had, but about being like men so they could be considered equal. And I understand that was the first step. That, that was what had to happen. Um, but now we're having a little bit more flexibility where women, like we can start looking at it and saying not just women, but feminine energetic traits are going to be valued equally amongst masculine energetic traits. And so what does that mean? Um, feminine energetic is the, the, the yin and the masculine energetic is the yang. I hope that got that right. I hope I didn't get this mixed up, but anyway, um, feminine energetic is the be and masculine energetic is the do. So in our workforces and things like that, when we're looking at efficiency and A to B and get stuff done and okay, we need to get our kids in the car, you know, whatever, that's us being in our masculine energetic. So it is necessary. It is needed is a balanced part of our wholeness as a, as a whole person. But our feminine energetic is the, the nurturer, the creator, the, the scenic route on, you know, it's on the map. It's the, it's the beauty and artistic nature of ourselves. Um, it is creation. So it's, it's, it's a different portion. It is intuition. So our ability to be able to tap into all that is and what's around us is a highly feminine energetic trait. Now, this is kind of why they talk about uh, female intuition or women's intuition or whatever. It's not that men don't have that intuition. It's just that we live in a society that suppresses that part of themselves that they don't get access to a very, very beautiful gift that could largely help them in their lives. So um, kudos out to out to the men who are listening, who are opening that side of themselves or who had parents that raised them um, knowledgeably and allowed them to, to, to be in that part. So um, anyway, so balance in that. Um, the feminine energetic, in order to have high intuition, you have to tap into that side. We have a lot of women who are on, who are in their masculine energetic because they didn't have a safe uh, household to be in. So they've had to animate 
um, masculine energy, or perhaps it was in a job or in a relationship or something like that. When a woman's been hurt by masculine energy and possibly not even real authentic masculine energy, but uh, affected and toxic masculinity, she'll start to animate masculine type of energy for herself in order to protect herself. And this is not to say that this is, this is not gender based, this is energetic based. So this goes for um, whatever manner of the spectrum that you identify with, you have a masculine or feminine energetic core. I hate that they're called that because we associate that more with gender than anything else, but it's not necessarily that it's more about the energy that brings to the table. Anyway, long story short, um, because of that, there are a lot of women who are who are empathic, but are animated in that masculine energetic, um, suppressing part of that emotional gift that they have. And thus, it's it's starting to wither for them. So this is why we don't have a lot of acknowledgement around it, because there's not a lot of language that fosters, or it's getting better, but there's not a lot of language that fosters um, or admonishes space for this type of thinking. So anyway, empaths. Um, I found that very particularly empaths and highly sensitive people, um, highly sensitive people, um, are not empaths, but empaths are highly sensitive people. And the reason that is, is because empaths have a psychic or intuitive, uh, connection to the energetic field around them, the auric field around them. And so they're able to tap into, um, not just the sensitivities that come as a result of that, but into other people's essentially auric fields, their, their feelings or their, you know, what's happening with them or yeah, whatever you get it. So, um, HSP, which is highly sensitive people tend to have a lot of the similar traits, um, but not as much cognitively or consciously tapping into the psychic traits that empaths have. So no one's better or worse. It's just the difference of the two. Um, but highly sensitive traits would be, um, or at least I can talk about mine is, um, grocery stores. I hate going to the grocery store. It's the lighting. It's people in their baskets. It's the noise that really bothers me. Um, and it's the type of energy. Typically when people are at the grocery store, they're kind of in a hurry. Um, they're like, okay, let me get in and get out, especially around times when they get off of work and they're kind of go make dinner. Um, that, I hate going to the grocery store for that reason. Um, fluorescent lighting bothers the hell out of me. I'm not sure why. Um, it's probably the empath reason why. But um, if I am in a in a in a building or in a room that has natural light coming in, and someone has a light on that has a yellow or tungsten uh, base to it, I'm not sure why that drives me nuts. I hate it. I have to turn the light off <laughs> um, if there's natural light coming in. It's just it's a mix of lighting that make, really really bothers my eyes. Um, certain materials. I, I remember when I was making my bed and my mom had uh, like a wool comforter on and I was like, oh, this, this comforter, this makes my skin itch. Like <laughs> this makes my breath hurt. That's what I told her. This makes my breath hurt. Like <laughs> just touching that type of material. Um, when I was a kid, I couldn't read books. I have dyslexia, but I couldn't read books that had a newspaper type of paper. You know what I'm talking about? The kind that you can a little bit see through. It looks like a paper mache of some sort. Uh, I hated those. I was like, it has to be the thick white pages. I can't see through on the other words. 
Um, so very p- particular things. But now I've started to notice as an adult um, that there are particular people that I can't hang around, particular energies, the sound of people's voices. I tap into frequency. And so when someone's angry or upset or it's one thing to vent, you know, like you make space for that. But there, there, there's a, uh, there's a limit for me. Like I can, I can listen for a while until it starts to get to a level that it overwhelms me if we don't recenter the energy and where it's coming from. And so it is a, a vibrational response to a very particular type of energy that my body does not handle well. Um, so for myself, I need, I said, dip myself in water, which I was talking about. I'm very serious about that. If I was ever looking at an apartment or house, it must must have a bathtub because it's the only way that I'm able to kind of like recharge and reset. Um, and that might be my cancer nature. I'm a cancer on the Zodiac. Um, but I think a lot of empaths do like are drawn to water for that reason, for its cleansing properties and being able to, um, kind of release and relax and, you know, let Calgon take you away, (laughs) if you will. Um, additionally, uh, I carry a lot of crystals with me, um, for protection of energy, psychic energy, psychic protection, whatever. Um, I wear a shit ton of those bracelets. I am that girl. Yes, I know. Um, and I'm someone, if I do go into a crystal shop, I get really like, like headed or dizzy because I'm just really sensitive to energy. Now that might not be your experience and it might, it might shift and change as you discover more about your empathicness. At the beginning I was, um, I was eating meat and dairy and, um, lots of sugar, alcohol, caffeine, things like that. And those are grounding in nature as far as energy goes. Like they, they kind of like put you to the ground in, in a gravity sense and energetically it they are more low vibrational on a frequency scale so just to explain if you guys aren't familiar with um, vibration when I speak about that I mean high and low vibrations um, you get I think you get that like when you go into a place and you're like oh this is you know you just get a vibe about something that you're like that don't feel very good that's low vibration you get a vibe about something like you meet someone and you're like oh my gosh I, I love her um and you just met her it's like you got a you got a good vibe from that person so i i talk on vibrational scale um so anyway just with with that being able to kind of sense and pick up those things but the foods and whatever that are lower vibrational will keep your whole energy space in a lower vibrational um, field. And so at some point in my journey and my awakening, um, I decided that I just, I couldn't eat meat anymore. It was just like a, like a snap decision, December of 2017, I believe that I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't eat meat anymore. I just have this energetic connection to animals now that I don't feel like I can eat meat now, not to, not to be the judgy or anything like that. Don't feel convicted about, I should stop eating meat. That is a personal choice that is up to you and your own journey. For me, that was what was right to do. So I told myself I'd never give up cheese. Um, I was the cheese queen. I love pizza. Like there, there was no way that was happening. And the, a month later I was like, okay, I can't eat cheese anymore. It was just like instant, um, as the process of what I would call the awakening, uh, the ascension process. As I started to raise my vibration, there were certain things that I just couldn't stomach anymore quite literally it was like I suddenly developed this very lactose intolerant 
like a month later after I gave up meat. And then naturally I, I, you know, I don't, I don't really process alcohol very well. And so, and I don't like it. I just don't like it. Like we go out for social and wine is fun and whatever, but it just, it always make me feel like shit. And I was like, Ugh, I just ugh, can't do that anymore. And then suddenly caffeine, I, I've been super sensitive. I'm super sensitive to medicines, caffeines, things like that. Um, that's also an empath trait. So if you find that there are a lot of foods and things that you might be really sensitive to, um, that's a possibility you might look into energetically if you're, if you're an empath. And so, um, I wasn't able to, to stomach those things anymore. And then it started to be like certain people at certain, certain areas. And, and I know that sounds like it's very limiting, like, Oh, now I can't do anything fun because I have this disorder called empathicness. And, and actually, and that's how I felt at while for a while. I was like, this is such a curse to feel everything so damn deeply, fuck this, you know, like, what do I do about that? Um, everything hurts me so badly. And when it comes to my relationships and things, it's like the empathicness was, was almost too great to be able to handle. However, getting rid of a lot of those things allowed my auric field to raise in vibration. So it was easier to deal with the empath traits and a lot of more of my gifts were coming through. It was like more, I was getting more synchronicities. I was starting to understand more things. I was able um, to communicate with the beyond a bit better. And for some of you guys, that's a weird concept. And you're like, uh-uh, I don't want no spirits coming to me. <laughs> Let me eat all the meat. Um, but that's, that's not the point that everybody has their different modalities and whatever you're comfortable with is what's going to come to you. Like ghosts and shit are just not going to show up because you listened to a podcast one time and, and you were like, I'm an empath. Oh no. You know, what's my future? Everybody's different for myself. I'm, it's something that I was interested in and I'm open to, and I've always been drawn to. And so in a connected way, that's just something that works for me. So, uh, anyway, so with that, I started finding what worked, what didn't work, what people worked, what people didn't work. And even with dating, I started to see energetically, I'd sit down in front of somebody and know within like five seconds, if this is a low or high vibe or no vibe kind of person. And, and it, it made it kind of easier to go, Oh no, I don't want to, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> I don't want to spend my energy with someone who's going to be, um, dragging me down essentially. And I don't mean that in a cocky way. I just mean that on a preserving and a boundary type of way. So I could be able to sustain my own energy and get through my New York days when I was living there, um, with the maximum amount of energy that I could have had. And so, um, I, I think that a lot of maybe you guys, if you're not aware of your empathicness, that you're feeling exhausted and drained and there is a sense of, you know, kind of like this gap, if you will, like a gap in, in your energetic field of feeling like I just always feel like I'm run down or overwhelmed. And now you feel blocked and it makes it hard for you to be able to be creative. It makes it hard for you to be able to move forward on that idea that you thought about or to be able to get the answers that you need from yourself. So you look externally to everyone else and it just doesn't seem to fit. And the path for your life just feels a little bit wonky. And that I believe comes from if you're not tapping into your own intuition and be able being able to access the empathic part of yourself, then you can't pro progress. It's difficult to progress um, without acknowledging that part of yourself. So um, what else? Empaths. There's a, uh, a book called uh, The Empath Survival's Guide, and I'm forgetting the, the author's name at the moment. But um, if you just Google Empath Survival Guide, it'll pop up. Um, there, there's a lot of really great resources in that book, um, about 
how to boundary your energy, how to release energy, how to um, how to know about your empathicness and even your intuitive qualities that you might have. I think it's wonderful that we live in a day and age recently where people are starting to acknowledge and open up and say, yeah, intuition is a thing. Um, yeah, the like psychicness is a thing. Mediumship is a thing. And uh, starting to envelop the, the qualities and the traits of, you know, why, why we're here, like what, what we're here doing and how that, how that fits into our life. I think on a, I would say on a spiritual level there, there's the spiritual community can be a little bit stuffy sometimes. And I think in a very real way, we all have a lot of these gifts, but we've been told that we don't and or that there's no space for those gifts and a lot of times then it'll start to feel like a curse our sensitivities make it we we would perceive make it harder for us to kind of move through the earth when in reality it's a huge gift when we learn about it and how to deal with it so for myself it's brought in um, a lot of wonderful people it allowed me to really be able to connect and facilitate the the information I was receiving from others on a telepathic level. And, um, and I don't mean that in a manipulative way, because that's, first of all, that's hard to do, but, um, to, to be able to connect with people deeper. Um, I can look in someone's eyes and tune into myself and able to tune into them and where their energy is at and be able to meet them where they're at when I have enough energy to do that, if that makes sense. So to be able to, if, because I'm aware of my own energy and able to boundary myself. And when I say boundary, it means like you're being aware of how much energy output you're giving. So retaining and so imagine like energy, like, you know, you've, you're, you're a water bottle. Okay. And every time someone comes to you, you give them a big gulp of your water. Well, at the end of the day, you've got no water left and you go home and you're like, where do I get more water? <laughs> and maybe you're able to fill up, you know, your water bottle overnight because you got enough sleep, but maybe you didn't. And maybe your kids are really getting on your nerves and maybe you could have had to make dinner. Maybe, maybe there's something else going on and, you know, and, and that the next day you have like maybe a quarter bottle of water left. And then those same people come to you or different people or your job or a family instance or something like that. And they want to take from, the water bottle still, you only have 25% of water left. So you have nothing left to give yourself and to operate fully. I think like we need to be on a spectrum of like keeping 75% of that water and only giving 25% of it away. Well, yeah, that's selfish. No, it's not. It's, this is how you get through such a dense earth, such a doggy dog type of world where you need to be able to manage how much water you're giving away in order to facilitate your own gifts and give back. So that way you're not giving of your water, but you're giving of your gifts. I hope that that makes sense. Water analogy for energy is like, oh, okay. <laughs> so anyway, you need to be able to, to maintain and keep part of that water. And that doesn't mean not talking to people, but it means recognizing when you feel your energy is being expended. So um, for instance, if I'm talking to a friend and she's really like, oh my God, and this is the goal. And she's like, our energy is really... I would say high energy, but low vibrational and about something that's going on. maybe she's having a fit about something and I can handle that for a little bit. I know I've known to maintain that for a little bit, but at some point I have to say, okay, let's bring it down. Let's bring it down. I'm happy to be here and talk to you and go through this with you, but did you bring this energy down? So I, so I can, and recognizing when that energy output or expenditure is too much in order to 
to retain what it is that you have to give. So imagine someone's flying off the handle about what's going on and she keeps that level of energy. She's going to drain me like that. And I'm not going to be able to give her advice from a, from a centered place. I'm not going to be able to be there for her and connect to her in an empathic way from an energy centered place because now it's, it's erratic, it's everywhere. And I feel off kilter now. So how can I be of help? It's like the airplane analogy where it's like, go, Hey, yo, put your mask on first before you help somebody else. So anyway, I, I hope that's a cool, you know, crash course, if you will, on um, empathicness. I will be talking about this a lot deeper, especially with other people, but I just kind of wanted to give you guys an introduction into what that meant, because I do think that especially in this generation, there are a lot of empaths who have incarnated here, and we are here to bring and raise the vibration of the earth. Um, We are here to kind of make things, I would say, better. (laughs) Um, We are spiritual warriors, if you will. And other people have other gifts as well. And they're different gifts. Like some people are empaths. Some people are grid workers. Some people are psychic. Some people are mediums. Some people are all three. Some people are, are none of them. And I think it's kind of like on a spectrum, like singing is everybody can sing, but not everybody can sing well. And so with those, those gift modalities, it's like, depending on whatever it is, like we're all on a spectrum, like either, you know, we're tone deaf or, you know, we're Beyonce. So um, with, with that, (laughs) um, that has to do with your gifts and modalities. But when it comes to empathicness, that, that is also on a spectrum. So if any of this resonates with you, if you're kind of like, oh, that kind of sounds like me, um, like, sure, DM me, hit me up, uh, leave me a voice message, uh, about what your experience is or what's, what are the challenges and, um, like, what are the challenges and gifts that you have about being empathic or in- intuition or any of those things really. So anyway, uh, here's the first episode. Yay. We did 30 minutes. It wasn't crazy, crazy long. I didn't know I could even talk for 30 minutes straight, but, um, yay. <laughs> so thank you for joining this first episode of spiritual shit, the down and dirty on modern spirituality. And, uh, I'll see you in the next episode. interested in becoming a client for energy coaching, find me at www.thelovelyalia.com to read more about what I do or hit me up on IG at thelovelyalia for daily content and inspiration.